Welcome to Engaged Company Culture, a podcast directed at you, helping you to stop the employee exodus in your organization. This podcast has three different types of episodes. First, you have tips, tricks, observations, stories, research from me, Dr. Katherine Weiberg of Profitable Alignment. Second, interviews with other consultants, other coaches who are here to serve you so you can learn other tips and tricks to engaging your employees, to stop the employee exodus, to consciously create and continue a company culture where people want to be and where they encourage other people to come to work and to become your customers. Third, I interview other business leaders who have engaged company cultures and want to share their stories. You might learn from them how they have applied principles of company culture to increase their employee retention, increase their profits, increase their productivity, and increase everyone's job satisfaction. Thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Engaged Company Culture. My guest today is Coach Farah Ismail. She happens to be from India, and I adore her name because it means happiness in Arabic. Her first name does, and her last name sounds like smile in American English. and it suits her. So that's a complete aside separate from her introduction, but I just love it. Especially those who are listening, you will still be able to hear her happiness and her smile, even though you won't be able to see it. Although those who are viewing will be able to see it. Farah is an internationally recognized facilitator, coach, speaker, the founder of Interact Consulting and CEO of Coach Farah. She works with women entrepreneurs and leaders to reimagine their businesses and craft a lucrative, purpose-driven enterprise that delivers more confidence, more connection, more revenue, and more meaning. Farah, thank you so much for being here with me today. Dr. Catherine, I just love being with you, especially the few minutes we had before starting this. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed it myself, quite frankly. You've told me that your vision is to inspire women to stop dreaming and start living their dreams, to shine a light on what is possible when they unlock courage and choose to live unapologetically. I would love to know how you came to this vision and to where you are that you get to do this for a living. Thank you. Well, I think it comes very, very uh, easily to me because of the way I've lived my life. Um, as a child, I used to dream really big and uh, I still continue to dream big. And um, there are times when our dreams, um, you, know, get, you know, just get shelved um, when life happens. 
And I think it's about how you, um, you know, stand that course or find a new road, find a new path. And I think for me, that's what happened. I've had uh, many instances in my life when I looked towards creating um, a life that I was really passionate about. Uh, it could be where I wanted to study or it could be, you know, the kind of business I wanted to do, who I wanted to work with or where I wanted to do this. And there was something or the other that came in my life. It could be a personal uh, huge challenge. Um, um, it could be a professional challenge, but what happened was, I think, when I was able to find that new path or walk, find that water I call, you know, where I feel like I'm home um, and not lose sight of that goal and not lose sight of those juicy dreams because they are the ones that are joy driven for me. They are the ones that are unbelievable. And I just find that when I'm able to live my life like that, nothing is going to stop me. And, um, you know, one of my uh, mentors, he says that he um, wakes up eating impossible things for breakfast. And so when I think about how I want to live my life, I want to do the impossible, create the impossible. So I guess it's this personal aspiration of living my life fully uh, while I'm here. And um, that's what drives me. And I think everyone should have that be able to live their life of their dreams and not just dream it but live it yeah i love it everything you said i love that you find joy in your work and you have always found joy in your life i love that you have a mentor who eats impossible things for breakfast and that you like to do the impossible one of my favorite quotes from audrey hepburn is nothing is impossible the word itself says i'm possible so those it dreams it just feeds into it i just i love it so fantastic yeah and i think i think you know when i was uh, when you when you shared that back uh it took me back to so many instances in my life uh, you know i was dreaming of studying in america when i was a young girl and i did everything to make it uh, including getting um um, a, an admission to a very reputed university and I was about to leave but life happened and so how do you deal with things like that because do you give it up and then of course I found so many different ways to make the world my university and uh, that took me to a, a, another exciting adventure which was to take a unconventional path uh, at a time when in India no one thought of actually um, taking, having the audacity to have a career in the aviation industry. I think my mother was a path, uh, path uh, changer or change maker. And she, she actually cr created that for us, that we were allowed to actually explore the world. So here I am traveling, living and <clears throat> working across the world uh, in an airline working with other cultures and believe me, the kind of education I had there, the kind of exposure, that is what makes me who I am. Those kind of really impossible things that you can create for yourself and continue to find new ways to live your dream. Oh, that's fantastic. So when you work with organizational leaders, how do you help them to see how to live their dreams or perhaps help people on their team 
to live their teen's dreams? I think that's the most exciting part of my journey, which has taken me, um, you know, and that's where I've stayed uh, for the last 25, almost 20, 25 years doing what I love, which is working with organizations, helping uh, these incredible leaders to actually um, tap into uh, a life that they can unlock, um, which will really impact not just the organization, but every individual they uh, come in contact with, their teams, their stakeholders. And one of the things that uh, I have, um, I believe is key is looking at um, you know, there's a lot you can do to add new skills uh, to your um, already incredible portfolio. However, for me, it's a lot that happens before that. That's the real inner work, which is looking at who you're being in your uh, as a leader, and how can you unlock more of that? How can you actually bring so much more of who you are? And um, one word that defines everything I do is courage. So here is what I want to uh, invite the leaders to do is unlock courage as they look to having difficult conversations with themselves, with others, um, and how they choose to show up. So that's one way in which we actually create the, that whole space so they can embody courage, choose vulnerability, and just bring their best selves to work. So that's one way, uh, Dr. Katsrup. I love that you brought up courage because I was planning to bring that up in a moment as well. I love that you talk about leaders recognizing that they are amazing leaders already and what can they do to be more of that. One of the keynote speeches that I give and one of the workshops that I do is called Become the Leader You Would Follow. And that's very much along the same line of what you're doing. You're looking at how can they recognize what they already are doing and then have the courage to be vulnerable, the courage to increase, the courage to improve. If somebody is looking at the leadership that he or she is using, and I, I realize that you primarily work with women, but if somebody is looking at the leadership that he or she already embodies, how do you encourage that courage, especially the courage to be vulnerable? Well, firstly, I want to share that my work is uh, with um, not just women, but I work with organizations uh, for the last 20 years. So I have, um, you know, I work with both men and women. Um, recently, I started coaching women. Um, and so in my coaching, one of the areas that I'm really looking at is helping women to unlock uh, courage. So uh, when I work with organizations, I find that uh, when we're having these conversations about, um, you know, um, the kind of leader I want to be. And uh, mm -hmm. I find that when we're creating a leadership blueprint for each of the leaders, there is, um, there is this, there's a lot of, um, areas in which we choose to stay in our comfort zone, right? So, and it's, and the comfort zone is okay because you're already there, you're doing some amazing stuff, uh, doing things that, you know, that bring out your strengths. Uh, for me, it is about how can I actually 
help them to see, like shine a mirror to see, you know, that edge of that boundary. Okay, what would that look like if you were there? What would you look like if you stretch? What would you look like if you actually um, have a more audacious goal? You know, so uh, about what what can you do more of? And so that is when the magic happens is when you give yourself permission to step out there. And I think most leaders can't see that because they're so uh, caught up in what they're doing and there's a lot happening. Um, it's like a treadmill, right? You're constantly doing a lot more and more of the same thing. And I think for me, when I'm able to actually shine that light, and that's what I believe in, you know, leader, if I've had mentors who've actually helped me look ahead or look beyond. And so one of the things that I love doing is really stretching those boundaries because um, that's where you can reinvent. That's where you can reimagine. All the stuff you can do is um, outside there. So it's an exciting conversation to have with leaders to help them to see there, to look there. And when you head there, that's when you actually uncover a lot more things. You know, what what are my fears? You know, what am I? Um, what's actually coming in my way? And then, of course, uh, the magic is when you actually. Um, Acknowledge the fear and work through it and go through all that and try something. So uh, doing the um, doing something that you're afraid of. So I like to get them there. It takes a lot of courage to face a fear yeah. because a fear is part of who we are as humans to protect us, to to protect us from harm. And yet we've evolved so much as people over the last several millennia that we don't experience the same type of possible harm. And yet that fear is still so real, it can, it can debilitate us. I love that you're acknowledging and encouraging the courage to face the fear, to do something that you're afraid of. Not necessarily go jump out of a plane if that's your biggest fear, but maybe something small, maybe jumping out of a plane is what you need. I don't know, but it really, really takes something to be able to face those as well as to step into your strengths, I think. Absolutely. You know, I want to add here, uh, Dr. Catherine, that when we talk about courage, I, you know, courage is, is so contagious because, um, you know, when we, every time we choose courage, we actually give permission or uh, we make everyone around us a little bit, even a tiny bit more courageous. So, uh, and the world becomes a lot braver. That's what I believe. And uh, I remember the start of the year, I'm talking about a little bit of courage. I have um, never done live videos on social media, never, okay. So I would create short videos, but never done love videos. And so I was part of a beautiful cohort and uh, we gave ourselves that uh, um, that exciting uh, goal of creating a 30 day um, going live. And so I chose to go live on Facebook for 30 days. Now I wanna say that was really scary, you know? And uh -huh. it was so scary because while 
because you're going live, you're not showing, you're not sure of how you're going to show up and what what are you going to actually say. And um, what I learned, and I did it for 30 days. And what I learned from that was really it was irrational, my fear. The fact that I thought that it's such a big mountain. Mm -hmm. When I started day one, I enjoyed it. And then I changed it along the way. And while initially, we all have hard times with trying new things, right? Um, and things are, uh, you know, I was thinking I have to give a lot of value in every conversation. And one day I had, and I had beautiful feedback along the way, people who were watching, this friend of mine who, who connected with me and she said, can you just be you, you know? I mean, just bring your vulnerable self. And I said, oh my God, there's, I mean, what, where is this coming from that there should be incredible value? And then I questioned that. And so uh, that shifted about who I wanted to be in that, um, in that live video. So I wanna say it's a constant uh, learning opportunity. And so I'd, I'm not looking for perfection. And that's where I find it exciting to step into new things because I've given myself permission not to look for perfection, uh, but just do it anyway and learn from it. Oh, that is That's perfect. Yeah. Well, I, for one, am proud of you for stepping out into that. I also love that you talked about courage being contagious. I've talked about contagious enthusiasm and contagious enjoyment, but it's true that courage is contagious. And if your company culture encourages courageous action, then more people will do it. And innovation grows and opportunities grow and engagement increases. And people who want to step into their courage, who want to step into their strengths, who want to face their fears, if that's part of the culture of we embrace courage and we embrace mistakes, we embrace learning, then that can strengthen everybody. I, I agree wholeheartedly because, you know, when I'm working with leaders, I realize that we have so much uncertainty around us. And there are some of us who don't really um, love that. You know, I need to see the path ahead. I need to know what's happening next. And so that can really drive fear and bring a lot of this, you know, reaction within us. And I think it's important that leaders face, um, you know, bring courage to and have these heartfelt conversations with others on their team as well about how they're feeling. And I think when you're able to do that, uh, you're not alone. You're not alone. You, you really know how to actually rally your team along with you. And mm -hmm. uh, I think it's really okay because one of the leaders who actually stepped into this really surprised um, uh, herself and her entire team because until then she was not okay to admit uh, that she didn't have all the answers in a situation. Mm. And when she was able to, I mean, it was a big, big shift for her. And um, to be able to actually remove that armor that she was wearing, that she needs to be um, you know, in that position where she uh, knows everything to actually come down to invite her team to share how, how might we actually look at the situation? What, 
what, what are some ways in which we could try uh, to deal with the situation. Yeah, I think it was a game changer for her and uh, what she's choosing more of is to be vulnerable in the future. And uh, she finds that her team has really warmed up to her a lot more. Uh, there's a lot more engagement. And I think it starts with these small things, uh, Dr. Catherine. I think you're right. I think I think that that example is perfect. That that can be really hard for a leader to say, I don't have every answer and to lean on the team because many leaders have been promoted because of what they did so well, because they were fantastic at the work, fantastic at the field, and they did it so well that they just kept getting promoted and promoted, which can lead a person to believe I have to have all the answers. I love that this example that you shared showed that a leader doesn't have to have all the answers. A leader has to be able to ask other people, what is your input? What answers do you have? And it takes a great deal of courage to be vulnerable enough to say, I don't know. Absolutely. Not just I don't know. I find that today I appreciate the team's commitment um, uh, to uh, not just a courageous, but also an inclusive workplace culture. Because when, when we become more aware uh, of when we're putting up our armors and demonstrating behaviors that may not make others feel inclusive, that is where the, that is where the work really lies. So making these conscious efforts in getting different voices from your team instead of hurrying to get things done or doing it your way. I love that shift. I love what's possible there. I mean, a whole world opens up. Uh, and I think that's what we're looking to create, right? I completely agree. All about opening up, all about how can we change the world, starting with ourselves. How can we help our teams change the world? And even if it's quote unquote, just their world, I don't like the word just in general because it's, it's diminutive to me. Yet recognizing that changing just my world makes such a big impact on the people around me and helping somebody else change her world makes a big impact. It's, it's further proof that just does not exist. It's an opportunity to grow. It's an opportunity to soar. You told me that you have a group coaching program called Courage to Soar. I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, I think that's a program that um, is like a baby. It was born in the pandemic. And, oh, yeah. uh, yes, it was, you know, I think I gave birth to it then. And uh, so until then, uh, of course, I was riding the wave of working across the world, traveling, flying, uh, doing leadership work, cross-cultural work uh, in uh, global organizations until the pandemic hit. And um, so I was leaning so much into, so I wear two hats. Uh, so I'm a certified uh, facilitator and a certified coach. So I was leaning into uh, this love for facilitation, so creating facilitative journeys. And so I would always tell myself and tell others that I, 
facilitation is in my DNA. And so, um, so I do all this and suddenly everything stops because uh, nobody's doing any of this work. And that's when I was looking at um, how can I reinvent myself? How can I reimagine what I can bring more of? And that's when I was able to tap into my, uh, my coaching and the work I've done with uh, Dr. Brené Brown. So I spent a whole year with another partner uh, to co-create a leadership program, which is on Unlocking Courage. And it was such a powerful space for us because we live the work of Dr. Brené Brown. So we actually uh, changed everything we did in our life. We took, peeled off all our layers and um, really did some tough work of um, uncovering what it looks like for us and embodying courage and choosing vulnerability. So that whole one year work is what I was put together this program. And while this program existed for leaders across the world, I was looking at what can I create in the pandemic? And that's when I uh, designed a, a journey for women, uh, which was called Courage to Soar. And I think that was such an incredible space uh, that, uh, you know, I just love that program because initially I started it as a six, a really quick six-week program, and uh, where uh, you know you can actually rewrite the story or the narratives that you created and write a brand new story for yourself, and of course do the work, uh, the inner work of uh, unlocking courage. And uh, today, what I've done is I've made it into a twelve-week program because I feel that you know when you have three months to create this magic, that's where uh, you see a lot more possibilities and. Um, do the impossible, right? Create the impossible. So I, so that's that's a program that uh, I offer once a year, and um, yeah. Oh, I love it. Again, this is another reason that you and I connect so easily because your courage to soar program is helping people to reinvent, reimagine, re-recognize, and understand the stories that they've told themselves. And my reframe, rewrite, redesign framework is a very similar thing, helping people to recognize that everything they've experienced to this point today can be turned to their benefit and the benefit of others so that they can rewrite today's status quo and redesign their future. It can be done for an individual or it can be done with an organization. And the approach is, is very holistic and, and gives the opportunity to do some of the self-work as well as the external work. So you and I, again, coincide in our similarities. We might have slightly different approaches, but similar goals. That's beautiful. And I love your model. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. I, I love some of the reason I love these interviews is because it helps me and those who listen or watch see that it's okay to have a similar heart and a different expression of it. Mm -hmm. And it's perfectly fine for there to be a Fada Ismail in the world who does what she does bringing courage and helping people do the inner work 
and for there to be a Dr. Catherine in the world who does what she does and raises awareness of appreciative intelligence, and that the two don't have to be mutually exclusive. They can work together, or it can just be who identifies most easily with you and with whom do you most easily identify. But there are plenty of resources out there for both individuals and organizations. And it's so much fun to see how we can collaborate and build on each other. Love it. I love that. You know, I, I used to say that one plus one equals infinity. And yes, uh, yes. and collaboration is in my is my middle name. And I think today it's all about how can we be of service and how can we give. Uh, so one of the things I'm doing this year is give everything I know away. And so uh, I started a newsletter uh, exactly two weeks ago, and it's a weekly newsletter in which uh, I am, you know, you know, sometimes you have this, I don't want to even name it as a regret, uh, but it is something that I look back and say, God, I've had such a rich life. I wish I had documented it. I wish I had shared what I was experiencing along the way. And so while I look back, but when I look forward, it's like looking at what can I create now is what matters. So here's one thing that I chose to do is like, let me bring out something. So I call it the courage catalyst. And it, I kicked myself out of um, complacency. And I said, I'm not going to be thinking about what I can do. I'm going to do it. <laughs> and so and, and push myself to have like an audacious goal of doing this weekly. Oh, my God, help me. And so, yeah, I'm just loving that. Uh, so I want to say I love what you said. It's really about um, serving. Um, and for leaders across the world, uh, there are so many resources um, available. How can we curate something um, you know, individually? How can I be of value? And that's something that I'm looking at creating uh, at this moment. And so, yeah, excited at the possibilities of uh, giving back what you have. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, Farah, you are so much fun to talk to. And I am, I, I hope that everybody who is listening or viewing is enjoying this as much as I am, because I think this is absolutely fantastic. If somebody listening or viewing wants to reach out to you, I am going to have your links in the, in the show notes, but what is your preferred method for somebody to reach out to you? I would say uh, there are two places that um, you can find me. One is, of course, on LinkedIn, Farah Ismail. And the other is just go to my uh, website, which is coachfarah.com. And the reason I say that, because it's a labor of love, I want to say that uh, when I was recreating this, this new website, so I have two, uh, two businesses, this coaching business really defines who I am really well. And... This is a testimony of doing the work yourself. So now when I was working with my website designer, I wanted to take the shortcut, take the easy way out and say, can you just, you know, you understood me now? Can you create something? And she looked at me, she said, so from every single thing, from an icon to, you know what you really like. And I was so upset. I said, Why did I choose her? And then I went through the whole process of doing it myself and uh, sharing how I see each little element. And then after three months, 
this was the coachfarah.com was born. So I would say, just go and hang out there. Uh, you know, I have a blog that is, uh, and just, you know, see parts of me. I would love you to actually explore that because that's the, um, that's the testimony of doing the work yourself. Oh, that's fantastic. And, and change, and, and change is, uh, you know, you resist change, you resist trying new things. So I found that every time I resist that, I have found my ceiling. And that tells oh. me, and that tells me time for me to get rid of that ceiling and, um, you know, choose to, choose to bring more courage there. So I would say anytime you find yourself resisting something, that's your ceiling and an opportunity to grow from there. Oh my goodness. I love that. I absolutely love that. You also told me about a free ebook you have, Dare to Be You, and I'll put the link again in the show notes. But what would you like the audience to know about that ebook? Yeah, I would say that um, that is something I wrote from my heart, which was, you know, every time I, so I came out through really tough um, personal challenges. uh, And that's an essence of how I'm unstoppable and what are five things that make me look at life with wonder and with courage so I would say it's a very short read and uh, I would love you to enjoy that and I have a few exercises at the end of each of those five elements that you know the secrets to being unstoppable uh, for me so I'd love you to read that and also see how you can apply that for yourself. Fantastic. Of of all the things we've talked about and all of the things in your heart, what do you most want the audience to remember from this conversation? You know, it's not in the conversation that I said, but right now I just took a deep breath and uh, I'm just so grateful to be alive. Uh, I lost my best friend yesterday. Uh, and yesterday I had this, I had a beautiful day. I was on a high. I was facilitating a fabulous workshop uh, on innovation. Came back just feeling so excited because of seeing what the possibilities we created in that room. And the next thing I know is a very good friend of mine who I spent a large part of my one of my careers, which was in the aviation industry with. Uh, she uh, suddenly passed. and. So I'm actually living in this moment and I would say live in the moment and just be grateful and breathe in um, courage, breathe out all the fear, everything and just live your life fully. Bara, I am sorry for your loss and I am grateful for your courage and vulnerability to share that with us. Yeah. Wow. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. You know, I've loved all our conversations and finally we were able to find this time together. And I love the work that you do, Dr. Catherine. I, I want to say I'm so, so honored to be on your podcast. Thank you, Farah. This has been wonderful. Everybody listening, everybody viewing, please check the show notes. Grab her free ebook. Find out a little bit more about Coach Fada on coachfada.com. <laughs> Recommend this episode to people. Rate it, review it, subscribe, follow. 
we want to help people enjoy work, enjoy life, and step into themselves. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to or viewing today's Engaged Company Culture episode. I hope you have enjoyed the episode. I hope you have learned something and have something that you can apply today to engage your company culture and encourage your employees to enjoy work. Looking forward to Mondays instead of only looking forward to Fridays. If you liked this episode, please share it with someone else you know. Also, like and subscribe to Engaged Company Culture anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you and have a wonderful day.